Okay, that sounds like a couple of songs being played at the same time. <laughs> I think did Barbara, did you run two tracks at the same moment? Anyway, <laughs> out of sync. Yeah, oh, sort of slightly techno out of sync. acapella. One of them might actually be the go. I don't know, but um, we'll try and play one. I'm not familiar with the I'm, go's work. I don't. Think, I don't think that's it. <laughs> Is that a spin-off it's from like the a, Who? It's like a European blue light disco. That gave me a headache. Hello and welcome to the Cars Guide podcast, where we tear down pressure test and rebuild the issues of the automotive week. I'm James, and with me are our fearless editor Mel. G'day. And Chief Adventurer, Marcus Crafty Craft. Hello. This week, among other things, we'll look at Raptor pricing, a hell of a fast BMW, and Volkswagen's rehabilitation process. So stay with us. But first, Musquatch. So, okay, Elon. What's he been up to? Crazy Elon is still sleeping on the floor of Tesla's factory in Fremont, California, uh, and he's invited CBS this morning, uh, the morning show, in to take a look at how things are going. That segment's actually going to go to air tonight, our time. Now, it'll be really interesting to see what he says because the thing is they're still short of their twice-revised target, which projects 5,000 units a week in three months' time. They're going to get to 5,000 units a week in three months. They're currently still at about 2,300, and they've had a little jump according to the Bloomberg uh, tracker that we've been following. And according to Automotive News in the States, investor patience is wearing thin with this unsteady ramp up. Um, there's a history of missed targets and some Model 3 quality issues that the, the buyers of Model S's and X's might kind of accept somehow, but when you're in the mass market, I don't think so. It's all starting to sound a little bit Willy Wonka. He's living in the factory. Is he going <laughs> yeah, to get that's golden tickets to you know, come and build point. the cars? He's yeah. shut the gates and no one can come in. Mm. Yeah, well, I happen to have a golden ticket in my pocket. So, yeah. <laughs> and very small people start putting <laughs> the cars think, together. Do you think it's a great idea putting the pressure on them? Because uh, is, isn't build quality and, and that sort of thing already an issue? I mean, yes. if they start, you know, they're under the pump and they're rushing things out. Yeah. I have seen two Model 3s. I saw one in LA at the Motor Show, and I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I also saw one in Geneva, and mm, they're a bit concept car-like in their build quality. Mm. Not quite. uh, And the other thing is some of the US um, outlets have got their hands on a car, not that Tesla has let one slip their way. They've fronted private owners and said, "Uh, can we have a steer of your car? And you'd like to give Tesla the benefit of the doubt that says, well, they're just trying to get every car they can make into the hands of customers. But a more cynical person might say, mm, it's actually because they're a little bit worried about the build <laughs> quality trouble. of the car. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't want the media getting their hands yeah. on this car just yet. So, Absolutely. And they have, in fact, called out some pretty shoddy um, you know, production um, quality issues. I really want them to pull it off, but it's just... Yep, a little bit sus. It's it's feeling as though things are getting desperate when the CEO of the whole company is actually sleeping in the factory, and you're still not hitting your targets. As long as he's sweeping up, as long as he's cleaning the uh, you know. Oh the, yeah, I'd reckon the factory got, floor. I think he'd have a swag. Yeah, he'd, he'd have a swag. Throw just a swag down. Up to, yeah, self-inflating mattress. Well, you wouldn't want Could him lying do. on the concrete. It's quite you know Cold. damaging to your health if. Uh, yeah. Used incorrectly. Good point. So the old wives' tales say anyway. Good point. Anyway, <laughs> we'll catch up with Crazy, crazy Elon again uh, next week and see how far down the road he is. Um, but first, production uh, Raptor pricing, Crafty, we've, we've had Ford has come out and put the actual numbers down on the table. 
the Ranger Raptor is going to start from seventy four thousand nine ninety before on road costs. On roads, that's correct. Over yep. to you. What do you make of that number? Well, uh, I just wanted to bring it to people's attention. Uh, it has happened a couple of days ago, but the thing is, uh, and often people forget that we are a news website. Uh, we drive the news. We uh, we often scoop people with regards to specs and pricing and that sort of thing. People just think we're a bunch of charming blokes who do who do uh, you know vehicle reviews, but Here we're we not. Go. We're actual Where's we're actual going? news news people and women. And, uh, Credible journalists, yeah. I think you're trying to no, say. No, no, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Uh, and back in February when they had their launch event in Thailand, a, a chap called Marcus Kraft uh, predicted that it would be 75 grand. the pricing. Uh, Ford executives were very tight-lipped. And uh, we pretty much nailed it. So you so got I it think, wrong. Uh, oh, no, yeah. you, you pretty much nailed it. So <laughs> $10, <was> it? <laughs> $10, but that was the $10 shout at the, uh, at the, at the restaurant. Right. In, That's uh, right. Yeah. Well, well done, Crafty. No, no, I just, I just think, you know, we are a news. Uh, we drive the news. We scoop the news. We're, we're always there. I think people have got to remember that we're, you know, we're always sniffing around for a yarn. So there you go. And also, uh, I'd like to take this opportunity. I did almost disparagingly refer to the Raptor as a novelty sort of model, um, I think what I meant to say is that its its its, it's appeal is more towards uh, contemporary right. Ute owners rather than traditional sort of Ute owners who tow and that sort of thing. So, cool. Yeah, I mean, your your thought there that we drive it. the news makes me think that if we had the equivalent of a shop truck, you know, the office car, we would have to call it the news. Oh yeah. So we Absolutely. we drive the news. Yeah. I'd be up for a steer in the news. Yeah. 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 The news, I like it. Yeah. All right, well, if ever we come to that, we've got the name. What would our shop truck be? <laughs> the news. The yeah. news. Now, sticking with you, Crafty, you've had some feedback I from have. a podcast listener, and we always welcome listener feedback. You, you, well, it's, it's been well, somewhat challenging. What's your mum got to say, put it, put, it out, <laughs> put it out there on the table, mate. What's, what's going on? Uh, well, I got, a, I got an email um, to my, uh, my Cars Guide email address, uh, and it was tagged Cars Guide Podcast Positive Criticism. Now... I should have got the red flag when criticism was all caps. Um, I probably should have. Uh, I probably should have realised something uh, might have been amiss there. Um, I'll just run through the the email with you. Um, Great. Just just quickly. Let's I have edited it. portions of it. Uh, I have dropped some some out. It was quite a wordy sort of verbose thing. Hi, Crafty. Just wanted to email you to let you know I'm a massive fan. All caps of the Cars Guide podcast. A massive fan. Again, all caps of the podcast, especially James Cleary. However, I'm not a massive fan of your contribution to the podcast at all. Uh, I have it on good authority that every time you feature in the podcast, the podcast attracts more listeners than it does without you. Well, that phenomenon simply astounds me. You wrote this. and No, and I'll tell you why. All caps. Again, I should have... Uh, while James Cleary and anyone else who appears on the show, including uh, but not limited to uh, Mal Flynn, Richard Barry et al., while they are constantly injecting humour and charm and informed wit into every podcast, all you manage to do is throw a couple of inane jokes and supposedly humorous one-liners. Newsflash for you, mate, you're not funny at all. I told you it was pretty bad. Wow. Pretty solid. While James Cleary, again, they love James Cleary, has a silky smooth Barry White-esque voice, yours is as irritating as nails on a chalkboard. Nails on a chalkboard with an annoyingly nasally tone to wow. them. Wow. <laughs> Hold on, this, Poor person was, this person was a massive fan. A massive he fan, print. all caps, all caps. Also, your face, now they get personal, in the headshot to promote the podcast looks like a bashed crab, in all caps. <laughs> and bashed crab is one of my sayings. I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. 
Mm. Please never appear on the podcast ever again. I, I've got a feeling you was might this, know this. Is this Joe the, Joe the cameraman or something? Yeah. Far out. Please never appear on this podcast ever again, ever again in all caps with a couple of exclamation marks. Yours sincerely, Mum. Ah. <laughs> P.S. See you at Christmas. Love you. How's that? Jeez, that's a bit harsh. Look, Who she, called it? She will. She's Crafty's created mom. the man. She loves the Cleary. She's loves infamous the Cleary. Mrs. Craft. She's yeah. created the man that you are. She's. <laughs> who can she blame her some, for that? She got pretty personal there. I mean, you know. So that's where you got smashed crab from, your mum. Ba- bashed crab. Bashed crab, bashed sorry. Crab. Yeah. Talk about tough love. I mean, uh, and I didn't, uh, you know. I didn't do anything to. You'll, to you'll be the better for that, though, Crafty. Yeah. You, you She's riding in the back seat. I've, I've next t- <laughs> of the news. I've, I've, I've taken all that on board, and uh, and I won't be changing a thing, Mum. So if you're listening this Great. week, well, yeah. one one piece of correspondence has stuffed our mailbag to capacity. Exactly. That's, that's exactly. amazing. I'm excited about the back seat of the news. Would yeah. It be like yeah, a, the news. The American spec Subaru Brumby that had rearward facing yeah. seats. <laughs> we, well, if we had a special limited edition, it had in to the be tray? the Huey Lewis. Oh yes, oh, yeah. yes. Am I right? Yes. Yeah, with his mum sitting in the back. <laughs> okay. Now speaking of in sitting, the tray. Speaking of sitting yeah. in cars, Mel, you've recently sat in a BMW. It's the new F ninety M five. I did. It's a lazy couple of hundred grand. It's got a decent amount of power. It's whoa. It's better quick than ever. Zero to one hundred. It's about. Under 3. I think it's about forty thousand dollars cheaper than the last time. Tell it's, us all about it. It's. About more than half a second faster, zero to 100, does zero to 200 in 11.1. It's got all-wheel drive for the first time, which means that it can put its power to the ground. Uh, It's still got the twin-turbo 4.4-litre V8, but it's now making 441 newton metres and 700... Sorry, 441 kilowatts, kilowatts. Yep. 750 newton meters. 750. It's got the eight-speed torque converter ZF transmission, which means it shifts smoothly when you're driving around town. Your tone of voicemail, it seems as though you've... you've <laughs> I feel like I'm the, calling a race You're in the thrall <laughs> of this car. <laughs> Think you better change good. your trousers. It's quite an amazing achievement, actually. Yeah. And so you like it? I do like it. Good and, thing. And I, uh, I drove the E63S when it came out last year and thought, wow, how can anything get better than this? But uh, and I can't say that the BMW is better, but it's oh, it's easily as good, possibly better. Terrific. Now, the last time I drove the predecessor, which correct me if I'm wrong, was F10. Yep. Uh, to me, it felt as though the M5 had got to a level where the driving experience was somewhat remote. You know, it was a big, yep. heavier car. That that very agile, tactile feel that you expect from an M car seemed to be diminished. How does this car feel relative to, to that kind of stuff? This one's still a big, heavy car, uh, and through a lot of aluminium and uh, high tensile steel, etc., it's still 15 kilos lighter than the one before, even though it's got uh, a lot of uh, extra drive componentry driving the front wheels. Uh, but the calibration seems to be such that it doesn't feel like an 1855 kilo car okay you know it's a big car it's not as darty as an m2 yeah but it's pretty bloody impressive and look i don't know about you crafty but when i'm driving a a performance type car it's when you first meet it the equivalent to the handshake to say hello is the road feel through Mm. the steering How, how do you go for for the the actual feel of the front wheels when you're steering the car pretty good yeah and and you couldn't i cannot think of a single moment where i felt uh, any drive going to the front wheels. Okay, so, that's interesting. And that probably comes down to the all-wheel drive system uh, really driving the rears until the fronts are required. Yeah. And that's only when it's in full four-wheel drive as well. If you shift it back to four-wheel drive sport, it's 
the fronts right. don't get much at all, and then two-wheel drive, it's all rear-wheel drive. Oh, so you can so be naughty if you want. For you normally crafty, four-wheel drive sport means on the beach with the fishing rods <laughs> on, the, on the front ready to go, but this is Pretty a different, much, yeah. different kind of yeah. four-wheel drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. does, yeah. does it hold any appeal for you, this kind of high performance? Whenever I'm, whenever I'm in one of these things, it always feels, because it's, it's generally substantially lower than anything else that I get around in, feels like I'm in a go-kart. Yeah. Uh, it certainly, I mean, I haven't been in this thing, so I, I can't talk with authority about that. But um, whenever I'm in one of these sort of sporty things, it feels very low. Sure, it feels safe and secure, but it just feels like I'm, I'm so much closer uh, to the road and visibility from my point of view, um, you know, uh, again, what I'm generally used vastly to. Vastly different. Is, yeah, is vastly different. Yeah. It's, a, it's a whole other world, basically. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy it. Mm. I, I, Absolutely, but uh, yeah, yeah, not my cup of tea. So Crafty might be an X5M kind of girl. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah. Yeah, kind yeah. of girl, yes, I'd yeah, give it could, a try. Could do. Yeah. <laughs> Enthusiast. <laughs> All right, well, that's good. It, but look, speaking of that kind of activity, Crafty, you're, you're good enough to, to put the words together on um, quite a few of the advice pieces that we've got on carsguide.com.au, and one of them that proves very popular is how to tow a caravan, a boat, or a heavy load. Just give us the lowdown as, a, as a, a taster for the basics that you should have accounted for before you decide to hitch anything to the back of your vehicle. Absolutely. Um, I'll just preface um, what I'm about to say with, I, you, know, I, I don't, uh, you know, I don't think I'm an expert by anyone's means with regards to towing. I have towed things of various sizes and weights. Uh, what we do here at Cars God is, is, is if we don't know something, we tap into the experts. So we tap into trainers, people who have done a shed load of towing, um, and know exactly what they're talking about. So that's what we do here, which leads me to my first one, James. I mean, we always say, and especially in adventure, we say if you don't know something, learn how to do it from a professional. And that goes uh, with towing, four-wheel driving, defensive driving, whatever you want to call it. Get some schooling from a professional, an accredited professional, uh, you know, put the time in, put the money in because it's time and money well spent. Uh, so that's the first thing, mate. I mean, learn how to tow. Go, go and do a formal course yeah. and that'll give you the, the nuts and bolts of everything. The, the one that occurs to me is when you see boats and vans and things that are just parked on suburban streets or out the front of people's houses, they tend to do a lot of just sitting around. And the one that scares me is the tyres because yeah. uh, they've, oh, they've been out in the weather. They've possibly deflated. People yeah. don't pay as much attention as they should. The rubber ages. Yeah, the rubber, the rubber ages. ages yeah. The, yeah. the low uh, pressure means they flex. And, oh, God, I mean, a blowout is almost guaranteed. So that would be stop number one, wouldn't oh, it? Oh, absolutely, a, yeah. Yeah, well, well, thorough checks. And, I yeah. mean, we always talk, and again, in adventure, we always talk about tyre pressures, how important they are yeah. and, uh, and monitoring them. Yeah. Um, so, oh, absolutely. I mean, tyre pressures on the tow vehicle and tyre pressures on the trailer yep. or the caravan, that sort of thing, you've always got to keep an eye on that. And remember, uh, you know, the tyre pressures increase with yep. heat, yes. with use. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, you made a valid point. I mean, wear and tear, you know, I mean, it's a whole another world of, of sort of wear and tear on tyres when I you're towing stuff. I don't know about other states and territories, but it's coming up for school holidays pretty shortly in, in New South Wales. I presume it's the same around other parts of the place. So it's timely. They should um, People should have a look at, a, at what we've got to say about all of that stuff, towing. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of it's common sense. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, you know, the best advice is repeated. Um, what we usually... Um, 
draw people's attention to is uh, weights, towing capacity, that sort of yes. thing. People think if something's got three thousand five hundred uh, towing capacity braked, yeah. that it's the you know it's the best of all possible worlds. But you've got to remember, people forget that. Uh, you know, once you load your tow vehicle up with people, dogs, gear, camping gear, yeah, uh, and then you throw a caravan on the back. Yeah, I mean the the combined mass of those two things, you yeah, you're pretty easily and you're pretty swiftly riding the I, legal boundaries. I do of, recall um, I've had a couple of tra- trailers. One was a race car trailer, double axle, and uh, I remember how exciting it was. Hey, I've gone off to a race meeting or whatever, but also, gee, I've got a trailer on the back. I don't do that very much. This will be fun until. <laughs> You go down a narrow street so, James. and you've taken the wrong way and oh, I've got to reverse out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and reversing yeah. reversing with a trailer oh, is, is, yeah. no, uh, is no... I mean, speed. maybe the slow speed stuff, but just the pressure's yeah. on. Oh, I've yeah. got to do this or there'll be damage. And you're right. Just because it's rated to do something doesn't mean you should do it. No. I think no, people absolutely. assume that a 3.5 tonne tow rating is like, you know, you've got five seats in your car, therefore you can put five people in yeah. it yeah. under any scenario. Yeah. 3.5 tonnes is a lot of weight yeah, yeah, and it, it takes yeah. a lot longer to slow down sure. and yeah. speed up. Way yeah. more than the vehicle, you know, in Uses terms of weight. a lot more fuel. Yeah, yeah well, that's the thing with driving. I mean, you you, uh, you look further ahead. These are really general tips you anticipate, even more so than when you're just driving normally. You'll look way further ahead. You allow yourself plenty of time to brake, um, a lot more distance. Um, so, yeah, again, you know, a lot of common sense, but uh, mm. but give our yarn a read. Good. I agree. Get your head I agree. Another, another good piece of advice I'd, I'd offer uh, aspiring towers would be to jump on YouTube and just have a look at towing fails. <laughs> and you can oh, see just how easily your life oh. can be destroyed. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It might even be gruesome. Yeah. Oh, and another thing I wanted to mention was I was talking to a government mechanic yesterday and he said RMS in New South Wales – sorry, this is a national podcast, so – your, your relevant authorities that, that will pull you up on the side of the road uh, if you're overweight or they will weigh you on the side of the road. They are being what, very hard. Were they checking your body fat? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right, exactly. BMI. I'm, I'm Rebecca. What about 10, diabetes Nine or ten percent. That's, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm, a, I'm down around five percent body fat. But, but they, he, he was telling me he was telling me of occasions where they will pull you up if you are overweight. They will yep. ask that and you check. unload the caravan or whatever your vehicle until you so are it's legal real. weight. It's real. So it is real. Yeah. So yeah. Absolutely. All right. Look, we better keep things moving. And um, now some special words from a special car company. Australian performance drivers love their cars, and the performance car they love the most is the one that's done it all. From the Mount Panorama Winner's Circle to your driveway, all roads lead to Winton. The 2018 Winton Turbo now features an even more potent version of the powerhouse Redback two-stroke V9 Turbo, backed up by the latest generation version of our patented torque tumbler transmission technology. Once you eye it and try it, we guarantee you'll buy it. Australia's Winton Turbo. Inspiration is standard. Torque tumbler transmission available at extra cost. Wheels and tyres sold separately. Batteries not included. Consult your Winton dealer for final pricing. Yeah, Winton. They've been so good to us. Where did it come from? Over time, it's fantastic. And I suppose that poses the question yet again. Where's Frosty? Where is Frosty? Frosty Chops. He's head of media and government relations now at... Uh, government relations. Yeah, Winton Moco. Promotion. He managed to re-enter the USA. 
um, during the week just gone because oh, really? he was I a bit was... dodgy after the New yeah. York Motor Show. Yeah. Uh, Customs had some words. But anyway, he's headed to Augusta, Georgia for the US Masters Golf, of oh, course. Nice. He was there in the week just gone. My guess is he used one of his um, aliases, which is normally Albert Bierman. Um, <laughs> but you didn't, you didn't hear that from me. Um, he's been lining up a deal with, with the eventual winner, Patrick Reed. And was seen wearing the winner's green jacket on the oh, dance floor yeah. at uh, Club Velvet, which yeah. is in downtown Augusta. Yeah. Anyway, it reminds me of the sweet ambassador deal he tied up with Aussie bowling legend Bruce Reed yeah, in the yeah, late Bruce 80s. Yep. You know, different spelling, but Winton was the winner with that Reed Association. Mm. Frosty doesn't want to know about the current crop of ball tampering idiots, but uh, he's pretty good on the sports deals, and I think this one might just come together. He's I just know Jim Reed from Drag Racing. Oh, and Jim Reed. Well, yeah. it could have been a Reed trifecta, but Jim yeah. Reed. No, it was, Win- uh, Reed. it was the lanky, two metre plus tall Bruce Reed. Bruce Reed. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Fantastic yeah. bowler. What a Good deal. on Frosty. Yeah, anyway. What was he dancing to on the dance floor? No idea. Katrina and the Waves? Good question. Was he I'll have to get on to him. Okay. I'll get on to him. We'll find 99, out. 99 um, red balloons? <laughs> could be. Now, it's time for another Is It Illegal quick quiz. We're keeping these stories coming at you. Um, just to determine and, and settle the pub arguments or the, the barbecue um, arm wrestles about whether it may or may not be uh, illegal to do things related to cars. Number one, so I'll put it to you, Crafty and Amal. Put a banana in you the You give me your pot. answer. Is it illegal to drive in a bus lane? Mal. Depends on what you're driving. Yeah. At times. Crafty. At times. At times, God. Is it illegal, sort of is it illegal to drive one-handed? No. Mal says no. Oh, I'd say no, yeah. Crafty says no. Is it illegal to have an open vessel containing alcohol in your car? I'm visualising a gravy boat full of, <laughs> full of tequila. <laughs> would You've you please answer the would the, oh, sorry, would yes the defendant no. answer no, the question? No, it's not illegal no, to have an no. open vessel, though. No, particularly if it's rubbing alcohol. Is it illegal to drive with one eye? Is it illegal to drive with one, one eye? No. I doubt it. Uh, you doubt it? The answers are all there <gasps> on oh, our website. Oh, I'm now. <laughs> but well, we will give you the answers next week for those four. Is it illegals? But um, go there and have a look if you can't wait. But we will cough up with the answers. I do remember, though, um, Emerson Fittipaldi, multiple Formula One world champion, his brother Wilson uh, was also an F1 driver. And he had an accident, sadly, which meant he lost vision in one of mm. his eyes. And he tried to be a race driver again uh, without that depth of field that two eyes, you know, you yeah. triangulate onto stuff. Yeah. He was nowhere near it. He could not do it. So at that high level, it certainly poses a problem. Mm. But uh, interesting on the day-to-day, just A to B type driving as to how big an impact it makes. Yeah. Um, look, Thank we'll, you, James. I think we'll throw straight to a word from our cheeky young chums at Oversteer. What happens when you put three hooligans together in one room? You get a podcast full of hectic banter. Hummer. <laughs> is for any rugged man. This manly scent possesses... Oh, well, that, a that, that rules me right out. <laughs> Jeez. Stupid stories. It's it's a cruise ship with all the insides scooped out, water fills it up, and then you put a pirate ship in the middle. It's nothing more gangster than a ship in a ship. You're an idiot. And some discussion about cars. So we've got the K cars as well. What do you guys think? There's this new Honda sports concept there. I think it looks so cool. It, it does look a bit funky, mate. The Oversteer Podcast on the Cars Guide website, iTunes, and where all good podcasts are sold. Yeah, I don't know. They, Chums. Someone needs to. So someone chumpy. needs to 
teach them a lesson. Somehow. Someone needs to tell them. Oh, actually, that's it. our job. Yeah. <laughs> we tell do, them to pull we their do need in, to James. teach them a lesson. They listen to you, <laughs> mate. Back to work, them. James. Sort them out. Right. They really are cheeky. Now, I mean. speaking of um, teaching a lesson, VW's lining up a new CEO. Um, having come over from Porsche to head the company after Martin Wintercorn fell on his sword in 2015 in the midst of the entire what's come to be known as Dieselgate affair, Matthias Muller has uh, ground through three tough years of trying to get things back on track, dealing with authorities in the US and Europe and basically all of the world markets for Volkswagen. And he's set to be replaced by the current VW brand head, Herbert Dies. He's ex-BMW. He's been tough on the unions. So it's VMW, uh, B, uh, VW, beg your pardon, um, effectively saying we think the worst is past. Um, it's time to get on the front foot, a new person to head up the group and look after the direction of VW and all the other brands. Crafty, what do you think? You know, VW is obviously in the off-road area with likes of uh, Amarok and Amarok. Tuareg and, mm. and on it goes. Do you think all that's behind Volkswagen? I think it's uh, it's it's kind of a ballsy move uh, sliding him out now because I think that you would want to hold on for another year or two and just consolidate the company and make sure everything is, uh, you know, on an even keel and that sort of thing. Um, I can understand you'd want to also have a bit of a, a broom sweeping out anything related to that period and maybe so step fresh. into a... Well, it's, yeah. it's interesting because, you know, Matthias Muller was effectively that when Martin Winterkorn was, you know... Exiting the building, yeah, and historically they've had really lengthy terms, yeah. with their yeah. their bosses. Yes, that's true. So mm, could be seen as a, you know, we need to keep trying to achieve what we want to do. Maybe, but I, I think you might be right, James. Because um, you know, Volkswagen, there are some moves afoot to try and retrofit and modify vehicles that have been, um, you know, put to one side uh, with all of this uh, diesel hoo-ha. Um, and I know for one, Angela Merkel has come out and said, mm, not in Germany, you're not. So they've still got some, some wrangling to do in got terms a long of road to go, yeah, lots yeah. of metal sitting on grass yeah. and, and all yeah. of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Anyway, now look. A lot of recycling to do. <laughs> cars that aren't sitting on grass are the ones that we've been driving. So it's time to briefly, briefly... Unless perhaps Crafty's been driving Briefly talk about what's in our garage. So Crafty, you've been driving a pre-loved vehicle. Would you like to fill us in on that one? And, and pre-loved is a polite way of describing it, James. It's been bashed to hell and back. Um, it's a 2000 and, uh, 2008 um, Navara dual cab. Yep. It's been well and truly thrashed. They've done a fair bit of touch parking and touch parking against rocks. Acoustic parking. Uh, um, yeah, yes. absolutely. So yeah. a D22? <laughs> D22, yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, so only the, the two and a half litre, um, the, the locking hubs at the front and that sort of thing. Um, I've taken it out a couple of times already, nothing too, nothing too hectic. But, yeah, loving it, having Good. a great time. And what's your, have in, what, what's your intention with it? What, what would you, do you want to leave it as it is? Do you want to upgrade this vehicle? What's the plan? It's, it's missing a, a, a couple of sort of hub caps and bits and pieces and that sort of thing. So I'll go, and that's part of the fun as, as Mel or, or you yourself know or Maddie. Um, that's part of the fun, tracking those things down. Yeah, I don't reckon tracking tracking a few bits and pieces down that have fallen off it, and you know, and, and cleaning it up. The actual it. pieces that fell off it, because that'd be very difficult. <laughs> or you, be, you're going to yeah. get some replacements. I'll get some replacements. Yeah. I get the feeling you're James. You're angling it, wondering whether Crafty's going to put an LS1 V12. Oh, an LS1 V12 <laughs> Navara, wouldn't that be the thing? I reckon there'd be plenty of room in that engine bay. There's a fair bit of room in that engine bay. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, how people talk about having a 
uh, space for a dual battery. I think I can drop Ju- about four or five in there. That's so, fantastic. So, yeah. so not a project vehicle. You might, you know, you want to put some aftermarket gear uh, on there. Or? I'll, I'll throw a bit on, but yep. I won't. I, you know, I won't load it up with a steel bull bar and that, you know, all, all that sort of thing. It's, it's more to, to kick around the bush and, and cool. on the beaches and stuff. Brilliant. Is it a tow bar crafty? It does. Does yeah. yep. good to know, but it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mel has that look on his face. I think he might be calling in a favour of yeah. someone who occasionally needs to tow things. Yes, yes. now Mel, on the other hand, you've been driving a uh, fair bit actually. Most exciting thing this week after the M5 would be the i30N. Yeah, and I think we talked about it last week, probably with Richard. But boy, oh boy, hotly anticipated car, driven it on the road. It does not disappoint. Yeah, fantastic. Great. It is excellent value. It is a Hyundai with a five-year warranty. It yep. is mighty fast. Yeah. Makes the right noises. Steers beautifully. Uh, great traction through the front. Yes. Powers out of corners beautifully. Uh, I like it. Because um, in the office during the week, uh, we were talking about it. And for what it's worth, I think that Hyundai and Kia are there in terms of the st- any stigma that may have been around the cheap and cheerful or the cheap and nasty yeah, any, or the, any lingering, you know, sort of, any yeah. lingering kind gone, of prejudices. I think yeah. it's gone. Those Definitely. things are setting the benchmark. You've got fantastic quality right across the range, and now they've got a performance flagship. You yeah. know, it's, it, they're, they're, they've arrived. And, and the pricing, how, how much is that thing? I mean, how much? It comes in just under 40, I think. Yeah, it's, so it's that's bang a, on 40. Yeah, so you get a lot of gear for your A lot nice, of gear, yeah. five-year warranty. Uh, with the key, you get a seven-year warranty. Mm. We can't harp on enough about that. Sure. The i30 is just a great drive. I drove it up Old Bathurst Road the other night, three hairpins in a row. Nice. Clear yeah. run ahead of me. Yeah, it was yeah. good. Very yeah. good. Very good, good. All right, I'll quickly mention that I've been driving a Porsche Panamera 4 e-hybrid. Now, my mate Bram basically has the famous heart Bram. palpitations when, <laughs> and all for all the wrong reasons. He, he basically doesn't, he doesn't believe like that that car exists, and he would argue that it was produced by the company formerly known as Porsche. Right. Because uh, Porsche stopped ceased to exist in 1997 when the 911 went to water cooling. Okay, so he's that kind of guy. So I did send him a photo and said, "I'm sorry, mate, it's happened." And he just went, "I have no words." <laughs> <laughs> and it's from, from in, a, in a nutshell, it's a very hard car to bond with. It's a four door car. The rear seat actually is a beautiful place to be. You've got a lovely kind of um, touch console. It's very luxurious. But as a sporty kind of GT four-door coupe sedan thing, um, and it's fairly complicated in its operation, different modes, different technologies, I think it would take you a good four months of living with it if you cared about that kind of stuff to really get comfortable with operating the car. Can I say I spent two hours in it this morning driving along the length of the M4, M7, M2, etc. Yeah. And those, all those switches were mighty entertaining sitting Five Ks an that's, hour a, that's a very charitable way of looking at it. Entertaining. I, I found them at times baffling in that I refuse to refer to the owner's handbook. Oh, that's yeah. just oh, one yeah. of those no, you things you don't do. You can't open that thing up ever. But one of our colleagues had left the car parked with the rear spoiler up. It did take me some navigation through menus, sub-menus, this. I was tempted to go to the book, mm. uh, but finally got it down after literally about five or six minutes of wow. struggling to, yeah. to find how to do it. But anyway... It's, it's a nice car. I'll be writing about it soon. I think overall it's got a specific market niche. I just found it really complicated. And, and you're not that niche. Kind of difficult to bond with. Okay. Anyway. I, I found it a much better Aston Rapide. That's what the Rapide's trying to be, but it's much <laughs> there better. There you go. 
With that, we've reached the finish line. Thank you, Mel. Thank you, James. And Crafty. Uh, thank you, James. And thanks to our producer, Barbara, connecting the cables and sliding the sliders. On your babs. He says he can't bear fools, but apparently his mother could. And thank you for listening. I like crafties. Please let us know what you think of the program. Search for Cars Guide on Facebook and Instagram and use the hashtag CGPodcast or email us at comments at carsguide.com.au. If you like the show, why not subscribe, rate and review us on iTunes? It means you won't miss an episode and helps let others know about the podcast. Thank you. I hope you can join us next week. Until then, why does a chicken coop have two doors? Because if it had four, it'd be a chicken sedan. Uh.